All right, Fern, we're going to kick off this episode direct with a question from one of our listeners. You ready for it? I don't know. We're going to find out. Here we go. I check people into class on my gym's software at the beginning of class. It takes me one to two minutes, but I do it on my phone. Do you think that this looks so bad that I should get a computer at the gym to do it on? I also take pictures and videos during the workouts for social media and to use in order to help people see their own movement. I'm not the type that's attached to my phone all the time, so I notice when it's in my hand during class, and I don't like how it looks, but I'm also not sure how to replace the tool. Any advice? There's our question. There's two, yeah, there's two separate things there. What are they? One is, one is checking people in. The other one is I'm using this while I'm coaching. Right, as a tool, like she says, yeah. for both in social media and for movement correction. I, uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with the checking people in with your phone. Uh, I, my only question is why can't they do it? However, slash, I know people don't check in when they should. There, there's ways around that. From a, from a standpoint of just forfeiting two minutes of your class, I don't recommend it. You know, it sounds ridiculous, but two minutes is a lot, you know? So uh, that's either coming out of your whiteboard brief or a warm up or your cool down. Um, you know, let's say that you are lucky enough to get seven minutes of a cool down. Now it's five. And we know that anything less than seven is not actually a cool down. It's just clean shit up basically. So. Right. So I guess, so let's break this into multiple parts. Part one is the, the actual just act of checking people in, you know, I, she doesn't mention what software she's using, but like you said, one, why are you not putting this on the athletes? And now yeah. maybe that's a software issue. Maybe you truly can't on the software, but I would imagine, you know, a simple iPad solves that problem. You put it in the front of the room, you get one of those stands when you show up, you know, check your name off. And then you're, you're putting that on the athletes and maybe, you know, either you or a second coach or somebody else kind of runs through and just make sure, Hey, there's 20 people in class and there's 20 people logged in. We're good to go. We're missing somebody. We figure that out. Worst case scenario, you just use the whiteboard, write everybody's names down and then check. Cause th- I do this very regularly and then just check everybody in afterwards. Cause this is, this is how you catch some people that are the, if you have punch cards or they're on session plans who are not checking in and they're coming 15 times a month, but they have a 12 time a month membership. So you, I, I recommend like either putting on the athletes or doing it after the fact. Uh, however, there's a place to like do it right then and there. But if, if that's the case, I would really encourage you to get them to check in because they're early or they should be a couple minutes early. So they should check in on their own. If you can do it on your phone for most member management software, they can do it on their phone as well. And then yeah, maybe and- you just verify, right? So if I can see you checked in, I can just check my phone real quick count everybody, but who hasn't checked in, check in real quick, go get your phone. And now I've made a two minute process of 10 second process. Yeah. Because one thing we want to make clear is we're not downplaying the importance of checking people in for, you know, just a reasons of accountability, you know, knowing who's showing up at your box. But like you said, maybe you have a punch card, maybe you have a two time a week membership, maybe you have a drop in. So as far as actually running a business, something needs to happen there, but I like your idea. And that's, something I've seen plenty of times at boxes, they write everyone's name on the whiteboard and then 
at the end of class or maybe even at the end of the day, they go into their system and check everyone one in. But I'd say first and foremost, try to figure out why the members themselves aren't doing that. No, I definitely think people should be checking in. I just don't know that it should be, depending on who you are, like have somebody else do it like right before rather than you. So I, that's a very, that's a very solvable problem. I, I don't think that one is as big of a deal as the second piece, which is I've got my phone and it's in my hand when I'm coaching. That one is a bit more of a problem in, in my mind. If, if you're coaching. So let's discuss that because I mean, that's really where we are in this world, right? Everyone has their phone on them 24 seven. Everyone's got their head down. We can be in the middle of a conversation at dinner. People have their phone out. So where, what is the role of a phone in the classroom? When is it acceptable? And when is it absolutely not acceptable? For the most part, it's very limited, right? It, I think during a heavy session, when there's a lot of breaks, meaning people are taking two to four minutes break between lifting sessions, potentially an EMOM, but even then your time constraint you know, like you got max 45 seconds, which isn't enough to show anybody anything anyway. And then definitely not in a Metcon. So for the most part, my only acceptable area is during a heavy session. If you need it, go ahead and do it. So I'm not like all in phones are the worst, but they have limited utility. If we talked about practically, how is that getting done? You know, like you're definitely not videotaping somebody mid Metcon, stopping them, rewinding the video and then showing them that like that's that's not happening. So I struggle to find why why we would have it there. And if and if you're taking videos and all of those other things, I would just find another time to do it, like not during your class when you're sitting off on the side and there's a different like right after your class or something like that. But fundamentally, if you're taking pictures and you're taking video, you're not coaching. And I do want to be very clear. The social media stuff must happen. You just can't do them both simultaneously. And if you can, I, if you're saying you can, I just don't believe you. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a challenge because, you know, without knowing a little bit more about, about this person, maybe, you know, there, there are box owners that it's like, hey, I'm the only one there all day. Then there are boxes like yours, CrossFit Rife, where you might have multiple coaches on the floor or somebody just hanging out. So, you know, and, and let, let's brainstorm some other options. Hey, people are early. Hand them your phone. Snap a few pictures if you don't mind. So, so there's something like that. There's, hey, your members are taking videos. Share those with me at the end of class. There, there are ways around it if you're the only one. I just don't want people to hear this and be like, well, Fern, that's great in theory, but I'm the only one at the gym today. Maybe you are that day. And I'm not even saying that's not a real thing, but you're definitely not the only one there. Let's assuming that you're open six days a week. You're definitely not the only one there for 28 days of the month. And realistically, if you have somebody coming in and taking pictures, if they can get 20 to 30 pictures, like in one between maybe two or three classes, that's all you need to get started. You know, that's, that's one a day. And that's a good start. We would like you to do two to three times a day, but Again, not at the expense of your coaching. And, and if you're taking pictures, you're definitely not coaching. If you're taking videos, you're definitely not coaching. They're typically not very good anyway when you do that. 
you know, because again, you're trying to do two things at once. So if I'm supposed to be coaching and I'm simultaneously trying to take a picture, they're probably not a very good picture. Or it's this randomness of a, a panning picture, a video of a class with no context and, and like, you know, potentially a bunch of bad movement in the video. So um, it's, it's like anything else. When you're, done, when you're trying to do two things at once, a, a similar scenario would be like what we ding people all the time on for uh, in the level two, which is don't talk in demo. Because typically when you're doing both, you move like crap. And if you're concentrating on moving, then what you're saying doesn't make sense. You know, so it's like do one thing at a time. Um, again, I, I, I realize it's a challenge. Like, listen, nobody understands that more than I do with regard to, Hey, social media is important. You need to coach. You can't do both at the same time. Like trying to make for that gives me anxiety thinking about it. Well, you're also only putting it on the owner's perspective or the coach's perspective, but your athletes as well. They, you know, they may be looking at you like, what the hell I'm, here as a paying member and you're videoing you're you're trying to promote your business how about you coach me they may love it on the flip side they'll be like hey tag me in that when you post it so I, there's pros and cons to both I'm, I'm not naive to that but rem, just the fundamental purpose of me stepping onto the floor and calling myself a coach is a coach i'm not stepping on the floor as the social media manager or the gym photographer like i'm wearing a coach shirt which means i should be coaching yeah, and, you know, take a page out of the jiu-jitsu book. Oftentimes, busy classes, here's what they do at the end of class. Hey, guys, let's gather around. Let's take a group picture, right? Yep. It, it can be that. Or, you know, where I currently train, they literally have someone during class, like you're saying, with a better camera than your phone, mind you. So they have really good quality photos. Because I think one thing that you said is true. It's like the whole do less but better mantra that you and I put out there. It's like if you're trying to take pictures and coach, you're doing two things poorly and very poorly. And in this day and age, you know, this is not a social media podcast, but I can tell you the better your pictures, the better quality your pictures, the more views they're getting. No one wants to look at some blurry picture of someone pulling early on a snatch, you know, it, rather than a crisp, a crisp shot taken with a, an SLR, you know, zoomed in properly with the right lighting, you know, maybe, maybe even set up a, a special workout time monthly quarterly and say hey this is the workout there's minimal coaching because i am going to be taking pictures but if you want to be featured in this let's do it it's also again where i would need to be to take a good picture generally doesn't match up with where i would need to be to be a coach so uh, you're probably not in the right position which means i'm, I'm always forfeiting something either either the quality of the photo or the quality of the coach and again now i'm doing two things not very well um another option is that you kind of alluded to but typically you have a, a member in your gym that's like dabbles in photography um and then schedule that uh i think i think Stu brower and i talked about this on one of the episodes that we did from uh what the fuck gym talk but have them come in because certain movements photograph much better than others Absolutely. like one like one that's pretty awful that photographs pretty terribly is toes to bar because typically you're getting shots of people's buttholes because they're in that up flex position so you know you're taking it and you're like that looks great and i'm like it looks awful i don't know what they're doing all i see is the backside of this person's body and it's not in a flattering position or uh what's another one that photographs photographs really terribly burpees don't photograph that well 
Like they're either right. laying on the floor or, or in the midst of a transition. And if you're not shooting 60 frames per second, then, then it's blurry as crap. So, uh, you know, there, there's other, let the, let the photographer do that. Come in, just set up a, set up a time, ask them what movements they want to photograph and then come in and then see if you can do a barter or maybe they'll just do it for free because they want to practice, you know, and yeah, and, and 300 photos. I mean, every box has a quote unquote photographer these days that aren't actually photographers. They just, like to think they are, but they want to promote their business and they might say, Hey, cool, but I'm going to watermark the photos with my name or, you know, my company. So definitely take advantage of that. And, and like Fern said, if you're going to do that, have them come in on a smart day, a movement that I thought might be cool is like rope climbs, because maybe you're putting it out there and people that have never been to the gym, because that's really what this is for. You know, your members want to see pictures of themselves working out, but then you're really doing this to appeal to new members that will come in and they're like wow they have ropes there or they have rings or you know maybe someone at the bottom of an overhead squat where they're nice and steady and you know everything's locked out so nothing's fuzzy and out of focus so it sounds like all right we we've chipped away at the check-in process we're kind of giving you the best practice for photos like you know let it be the the rare case that you pull out your photo you know, I, I'm guilty of it. Someone's about to pull a PR deadlift. Yeah, I might get it on on film or someone's about to, you know, hit, hit a crazy back squat. I might get it on film. But for the most part, that should be the, the minority. You shouldn't be doing that very often. Now, what about her other question? We've addressed it recently about filming movements to see them better. Uh, again, c context. I'm not really opposed to it during heavy lifting day. Like, I, like it's, I, I, and I've alluded to this before, like we have a ton of weightlifters in our gym and the phones are all over the place over there because it's one lift that takes 10 seconds on the long end and then three or four minutes of nothing. So film it and then you can look at it, you can dissect it and try to make that change moving forward. So on the heavy days, I think practically it's fine. You know, I just, I really struggle to see the, use of the phone during anything other than a heavy lifting day heavy lifting day where there is one to two to five movements maybe uh, or five reps and then a lot of waiting around everything else I, I have i have no time you know now again having had a gym for more than a decade i'm not naive to the fact that maybe you are a one-man band like maybe you are the gym owner the sole coach the social media person, the plumber, the electrician, the website guy, and the accountant. I get it. There's better and worse places to do that. So typically, what I would tell you is if you absolutely needed to do that, uh, probably try to get shots of people during the cool down or do a group picture, like you said, afterwards, or maybe during the general warm up, but not during the specific warm up or during the workout, because now I'm not doing my job. And people want to do, people want to see community stuff. Like they know you're a gym. Nobody wants to see people snatching. Like they don't care. At least not the consumers that you're, that you're after. They don't care, you know? So um, if you can try to maybe get like a quick video of a member right after a workout and just have them say a few words, like, you know, how long have you been here? I've been here five years. I love it. It's great. You guys should come try it out. Boom. Throw that up on Instagram. Done. Um, but yeah, typically you know, it's just, I really struggled to see the value of it. And again, you're not going to do it well if you're supposed to be coaching. 
if it's in the midst of a Metcon, that video has no value because it's all after the fact now. It's not like it can be like, next time we do this workout, I want you to change how you do your thrusters. Be like, that's six months from now. We all forgot at that point. Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's pretty obvious what we're saying. Don't do it. Don't, don't put the, put the camera away. Put your phone away. I should say during any workouts, anytime you're coaching, focus on the one thing you're there to do. And that's coach. That's, that's hard. This day and age. I mean, everybody has their phone out 24 seven and, I personally love my hour of coaching because it is my time away. I look at it where it's like I, I put my phone down and I don't get to touch it for an hour. Yep. And, you know, once in a while, maybe I've got, you know, we could, we can dive deeper into it. It's like, what if you're running Spotify or your music app on your phone? It's not that important. You know, you can walk over to whatever that's playing and then turn the music up or down. And if you, if, I mean, if you really want to get high speed, get an Apple watch where you can do minimal things on there. Um, but there is something that's really overlooked in this whole thing, which is like, okay, let's say you have all the justification in the world for having your phone. Like, let's say you are, let's say by most objective, reasonable metrics, like you are in the right. For using your phone. For using your phone. Perception, okay. perception is reality. So if you think about our, I think we talked about this in the, in the episode about empathy, you probably look unengaged with your athletes. If you're on your phone, taking pictures, just like you would, if you had your hands in your pockets, nobody knows what you're looking at when you're on your phone. You could be literally looking up the points of performance in the level one training guide that you downloaded to a PDF on your phone, at which point I'd be like, good for you. However, it looks like you're scrolling through Instagram. And now right, people and, are grumpy. And let, let's also spin it to this direction. I'm taking these pictures for social media to get people to come in. Someone shows up during your class and that's what they see. Yeah. So the whole reason that you're doing it actually, you know, bites you in your own ass because now someone shows up and I can tell you as someone that walks into a gym, I notice those types of things. The coach is on his phone. Uh, you know, the coach is taking pictures instead of coaching. You, what we've talked about, I mean, so many times at this point is we're paying for coaching. We're not paying for your photography. My coaches are not allowed to have their phones on them. Like it is a hard rule. And anytime somebody whips out their phone, I'm like, why do you have that? There have been times when I've texted somebody and they've responded to me. And my only response back to them was, why are you responding right now? I know you're coaching the class. I, I've done that before when I own the boxes. Like, you, you text your coach just to get it out there. Not like you're trying to, you know, trap them in, in this, but you text them something and you, you know, they'll see you when they're done. And then they get back to you. You're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. Why do you have your phone on you? Why are you responding right now? It's, you should be based on the lesson plan. You should be teaching the snatch right now. Like not responding to me on it, a fucking text thread. It, so. Entrapment over there across the right. So what would you do? You walk into class, Cassidy, you know, is, is coaching the class, but he's on his phone texting. He's throwing up another picture of his new Dalmatian, uh, you know, on Instagram. <laughs> if you don't follow, if you don't follow Cassidy, he's got three dogs. He's got a new he's puppy, a, but he's a, he's an animal freak. Um, so what, what do you do in that scenario? How do you handle it as a coach, you know, fellow coach or a box owner or I think what do you I, say? A, A, you, you don't make a scene number one, because you're not going to put your, your coach on blast. And this actually, a, a question about this came up. 
at the level two this past weekend. Um, that's something similar. We can, we can do a quick sidebar on that, but you don't make a scene. You just tell them you walk over very calmly and it should look like you're saying what's up, but you just walk over and be like, Hey, put your phone away, go put it over there somewhere else. Like, and then high five them. So it looks like you guys are good. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and I mean, that's even worse when you're a coach and your the owner comes up and like whisper something direct like that. You're like, I fucked up. Yeah. So, and then talk about it afterwards and be like, listen, man, you know, you're not supposed to do that. And if they have a legit reason, let's say their wife is pregnant or their kids are at home and they, it, like, it's cool. Right. You're waiting That's on fine. an emergency. We get it. Life happens. We're not dictators over here. Yeah. So, but again, that is, those are rare, rare instances. And in that scenario, I would tell you the responsible thing from the coach standpoint would be to a announce that to the class. I would say, Hey guys, normally I don't have my phone on me. My fight, my wife's about to go in labor. I'm going to keep it on me. If I answer it, that's what I'm doing. So now I've eliminated all of that. Like, what's he doing? Why isn't he paying attention to me? Like what's going on here? And, uh, and that's, and that's fine. That's cool. Like that stuff happens, but it should not be the norm. It should be very, very rare instances where that happens. And on that note about how you have that interaction, a question came up at the level two that another coach, it might've been the owner. I don't remember if it was a coach. I think it was the owner was coaching over a coach on the floor. Oof. We could dive. That could be a whole other episode. Do you want to save that one? Yeah. Cause okay. we just actually, you know, that's a chapter in the book that I wrote. Have you heard of it? Best hour of their day. Is it about my road to 2012's regionals? <laughs> it's actually, it's about your division one college basketball. Career. Oh, good. that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I have a full chapter in there where I was watching one of my coaches coach and I lost my mind and um, did not handle it well. So yeah, I think we should have a full episode on, you know, how to handle improving your coaches on the floor, like live in action. But let's uh, tie a bow on this episode. Basically, uh -huh what we're saying here is minimize the use of your phone on the floor. Even if you have good intentions, try to minimize that your athletes don't know about it. It's, it's, you know, one of those scenarios where, um, you know, N Nicole Carroll says it, and I don't remember her exact phrase. Maybe you do Fern. she'll, you know, she'll say something about like, Hey, if you want to throw an F bomb out there, it's okay, but it, it, it better land well. And it's one of those scenarios, same thing. Like, you may you may make 39 people laugh and make one person angry it wasn't worth it and i think it's the phone is in a very similar situation yeah yeah i mean i i think it was something along the lines of like hey if you're gonna throw an f-bomb it better be intentional like it better have a specific purpose not just that's casually how i talk you know yeah in, in, a, in a in a professional setting you know like it, it it's not weird if everybody's crowded around this one person that loaded up a lifetime PR for a double deadlift on there. And you're like, hold on, stop, break out the phone. Let's get this on video because this is a big deal for you. That's cool. I mean, like that has impact it shows that I care and I want to, I want to capture this moment for this person. That's entirely different than I just kind of randomly walk around, pull my phone out, take a picture. Uh, and I'm not paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. Is the risk going to be worth the reward? And Hey, another great example. I saw I believe it was also on, it was either on yours or ours, someone's social media, you and Cassie were at a level one, someone gets their first muscle up. Hey, that's really awesome. If you get that on video, 
that person never forgets. They see you guys cheering in the background, like you're a part of their life forever. But, you know, that had a very intentional moment. And in addition to that, it was literally one person moving. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have a class full of people hitting pull-ups and thrusters. You have one person attempting a muscle-up. So it's a very different scenario. And more importantly, that video wasn't taken by us. Like we were coaching at that point. Like we had just walked that person through that. I believe it was her second attempt at that. I don't, I think that was a random person. It may have been, it may have been Kristen, but I think it was a, like a random person in the, in the seminar that took the video. Cause I got that after the fact. That's just to the point, you know, it's, it's not like back in the day, Hey, here's a digital camera. Have you used one of these before? It's like, seven-year-olds take pictures like mm-hmm. I've, I've had i've literally handed my phone to a child and been like grab a picture of this like it, it's like they're born doing this now like it's different than we grew up when we grew up everyone knows how to run a phone everybody knows how to hit that button even on an android like crazy people that have androids so point is hand your phone off and let somebody film for you take a picture for you yeah, I mean, the big takeaway is that you can't do either one of them well at that point. You're you're kind of half-assed both of them, and and the the perception about you being engaged is probably not a good perception. So just avoid it. Figure out another way. Get creative. Ask other people. You know, if you're gonna do it, do it at very specific times that don't really involve you having to correct, see, uh, and teach. So that you know, again, it's not the end of the world, but people notice. People notice if you're doing that. Yeah, I, I'll give you an example. I was I was at jujitsu this morning. I was rolling. The professor, who is like someone I highly respect, highly look up to, was was walking around filming, and I didn't I didn't take it in a bad way, but I noticed it. Right, mm-hmm. I noticed. Okay, he's filming right now, and and this these guys for for jujitsu coaches coach nonstop. A lot of times, jujitsu coaches are no, notorious. For like, oh, you're rolling? I'm on my phone doing my own thing. I'm on Tinder, whatever. He's filming to put one post up on social media and then he's back to coaching. But point is, it, I saw it. I noticed it. Mm-hmm. And if I notice it, everybody noticed it. Same principle here. Yeah. Don't take your phone out. Try, you know, here's the challenge. If you're listening to this episode, when you start coaching going forward, and even I'll, I'll tell you the 15 minutes before and after. So we're saying an hour and a half. Put your phone aside. Can you, you know, so many people have a watch on as well. Like you're getting the notifications. So you'll see if yeah. it's an emergency. I mean, if you think, yeah, if you think people don't notice and you get a text and you turn and you look at that and you do the little swipe thing on your thumb, like you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. If you think people don't notice that they're just like, he's answering a text right now. I don't care if it was three seconds. It's three seconds of my hour that you are not engaged with me. Absolutely. Put your phone away for the hour, hour and a half, and you're going to be a better coach. So there you go. We always tell you guys to send in your questions because we want them. We'll answer them. Email us besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. But there you go. Put your phone away. Any closing remarks, Fern? No. If you guys got questions about programming, hit us up. Available on SugarWide and Wattify. And if you guys are going to be at Wattapalooza and you want to hang out with the short Jewish man, Jay will be there. (laughs) I'll be there. So come find me. And like Fern said, if you have questions on it, but also note that if you want to see more, go on our Instagram. Our link tree has the links for both Wattify and SugarWatt versions of our programming. So go check it out there. See you at Wattapalooza.
Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback. We are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.